welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. Yeah, you know what's interesting, I was thinking as we were worshiping that when it comes to being desperate, we often think like desperation is a bad thing. Like I don't want to show up desperate if I'm trying to get a job or I don't want to show up desperate if I'm trying to get a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a spouse. I don't want to show up desperate. But what's interesting, the reason that's not appropriate in those situations is that the only real place for our desperation is God. Uh, God is is truly the only um, proper uh, focus for our desperation, and that's with Him. He He loves when we're desperate for Him. He loves when we thirst after Him. And that's what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about thirsting after God. And, you know, last week we... Uh, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and virus, we took some time uh, remembering that God is our comfort and our strength. Uh, in this time, we find security and safety in him. And so we looked at Psalm 46, and it begins with this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. So today, in looking at this thirst after God or this desperation after God, uh, we're going to take a look at what God may be doing uh, in this time. And let me just preface right away, I, I don't have the answer, um, but God reveals himself throughout time. And so we see his character and, and what he may be doing is similar to what he's always doing. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to uh, take a look at uh, Psalm 42. But first, I want to I want to address something. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, especially young people, that I've come into contact with that have been posting and discussing uh, a certain passage out of the Old Testament, Second Chronicles, chapter seven, verse thirteen through fourteen, and uh, they've been wondering if if that applies to this time and and if God's sending plagues and different things. And uh, what's interesting, a pandemic, right? Pan it means all, and so. Uh, absolutely all the earth is is in this is it is in this same place and so across the earth we're all wondering what's going on and um, this this passage uh, it's the account of the dedication of the temple that Solomon built and in the midst of this God says to Solomon he says look I've heard your prayers and now I'm going to be worshiped in this place I'm gonna accept sacrifices in this place but then he says this to Solomon he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so we love, we love the, the latter part of there because we see much of the heart of God. We see that God is is looking to forgive. God is looking to heal. God is telling us uh, the ways that he can work in that. But then the first part is a little, um, dis, you know, it throws us off a little bit. Um, but those three things, the, the lack of rain, which, which brings drought and conditions for wildfires, we see that happening in Australia and other places. Uh, locusts that devour the land, we're seeing that happening right now. Um, plagues or viruses that sicken and kill people, we're seeing that happen right now. So, but these three, they've happened many times throughout history, and they've happened at the same time throughout history. 
And so I think what's best is that we look at these things as, as sort of an alarm clock for us that would wake us from our slumber, that would wake us to the place that we, that we evaluate where we're at and what's really important and, and seek God and, and have a thirst for him. I, I think that's what's important uh, because we also see the heart of God in the New Testament with Jesus. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. He says this, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. So we see the heart of God there, that God is just on the edge, like at the door, waiting for us, wanting to comfort us, wanting to care for us. And in times like this, we wake up to more of that to say, you know, I, I need to go to the comfort, the security of God. So what is God doing in our time, in our midst? And I think it's what he's always doing, which is he's calling us back to him. God is relentless at calling us to be near to him, to be closer to him, to be intimate with him. And he really calls for all of us. And what's great is when we give us all of ourselves to him or more of ourselves to him, we get more of him. And what a wonderful trade that is. So when we look at Psalm 42, the psalmist actually brings us a long ways to understanding how we can respond to what God is doing throughout all time and, and during this time, which is drawing us to him. Uh, because there is a response that, that would be to that. And it's, it's this, Psalm 42, verse 1. It says this. It says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with you? And so the psalmist is most likely exiled in the, in the north. So normally he was around probably the area of Jerusalem, but he was exiled in, in the north somewhere. He may have been taken captive, but we know that he's isolated. And in his isolation, he's not where he wants to be. Uh, he's not getting to do what he wants to do. Uh, his life is out of his control. Uh, he's been put in a place, a situation where he has to evaluate what's most important. Sounds similar, right? Uh, the time that we're in. And what he does is he figures out during this time that the stuff that doesn't satisfy is a waste of his affection, is a waste of his desperateness. And he's found out the thing that truly satisfies, which is not the attributes of God or what God can do, but it's actually God himself, God's presence, uh, seeking after him. And he knows that God satisfies and he's, he's sharing that with us here. So his isolation has developed a thirst for God. What if at the end of this time, as we go through this, what if that's what developed in us, is, is a true thirst after God? Uh, you know, after a while, this virus is going to stop, and we pray for that. After a while, our brilliant scientists and medical community will create a vaccine for this, and God will help with that, and God will heal, and God will stop uh, what's happening, and that's his heart to do that. But what if that like shooting for that in the midst of all this? What if we're setting our sights too low? What if that is not like the best goal for us? Because that's somewhat transactional to say, can we just go back to business as usual? Can we go back to the way things were? And the psalmist doesn't want that. He is saying, 
hey, I found something that's deeper. I found something that's better. And so he wants something more as he, as he comes out of this time. And so, so for us too, let's not go back to business as usual now or when this whole thing's over. And let's go back to a place where we truly thirst and, and seek after God with all that we are. Because business as usual leaves us dry and unsatisfied. Uh, that's really what it does. And so what follows in this psalm, you can read it later, is, uh, is an honest account of the writer's struggle in isolation. Uh, here's some of the things he talks about. He talks about tears. He talks about people taunting him in his isolation, saying, where is your God? It's a question many people have today is, where is God? Uh, remembering what it was like to worship with his family and friends and longing to be worshiping with them again. Think about that, that whenever this is all over and we can gather again as a church and we're together, think about that day, and, you know, how special it will be. And that's what this gentleman is, is, is going through here. He talks about his downcast soul in isolation, how he's disturbed and he has depression and anxiety. Uh, he's just very real, very authentic. Um, and yet in the midst of this, he remembers that God is his rock, and so he fights and he prays and he declares to his soul, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so we have this picture of real flesh and bone, a human going through something similar to what we're going through, and yet in the midst of it, he's finding a different path. He's finding a path to an after when his troubles are done and his isolation is done, and after that was better than before. He's becoming more real because the real God is meeting the real him. And that, that's what we want. So instead of transaction, he's getting transformation, which is truly the end, right? I mean, we all think that we're wonderful and great. And, and, and we are in lots of ways. I mean, we're made in God's image. And, and yet God looks at us and says, you know, I've made you for a purpose. I've made you as the crown jewel of my creation. I've made you for something specific and, and you can worship me and reflect me and live for me like no one else. And, and that's for absolutely every person that lives. They are the object of God's affection. And he works in our lives, not because he looks at us as a project, because we are his passion, his love. Uh, he decided to love more by creating us. And so that's each and every one of us that's listening today. So in the midst of it, he has his thirst quenched uh, by the one that he really wants to know and be known. And then in the midst of the psalm, there's this amazing couple of verses that I want us to read because he really brings it down to what's happening with him in the midst of his isolation. He says, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept, swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love at night, his song is with me. So deep calling to deep is the spirit of God calling to the human spirit. We see God as the instigator here time and time again. In his midst of his isolation, it's not him that has to ratchet it up, but he's found that it's God that's seeking after him. It's God that is calling to him, not just to the surface, but to the real him, to the, to the place that is the, the, the real writer here. So the real God is calling out to you, it's calling out to me. So, so what will you do? What will you do now that you're in an alleyway and there's God and there's you? That's what he's doing throughout all time, but 
During this time, he's calling out to you. You have more time, more downtime. You have uh, time that you're alone. You have time with loved ones. And in the midst of it, God, who created all things, who's higher than high and yet so near, is calling out to you. The deepest part of God calling out the deepest part of you. What will you do? What will you do during this, bond, this time? How will you respond? It says, you know, the, the roar of the waterfalls, the waves and the breakers. If you think of yourself walking up to a waterfall and walking through it, as you go through it, there's the rumble and the, and the pushing and your, your, your shoulders are going to be pushed down and your head's going to be pushed down and, and you're being tossed almost like you're in the ocean in the midst of a wave. But anybody that's ever been out in the open and in nature and, and hiked and gone up to a waterfall and walked onto the other side knows that as you cross through the water flowing down, you get to the other side, that's where calm and safety is. And that's where God is in the midst of the calm and safety, waiting, and that's where his care is. So God's there, how will we respond? And then too, it says that the day is full of God's love and that the night is full of God's song. Isn't that what we truly want? That we would be with God during the day, that God would watch after us at night, even like a song. So, so what a way to live. What a way to live. And, and you know, how can we do this? How can we do this in this time? Because uh, there's all sorts of things that we're working on and, and trying to get better at, but this is the core. This is the core of what we were made for. Uh, and it's important that we dial back into it during this time. So how do we take this with us? How do we take it with us today? Um, how do we thirst after God? Uh, and the first thing is this, plant your garden and spend time with God. Uh, Teresa Avila spoke about it this way. She talked about each of us as being a garden that's being planted. And so think of a garden being planted out in one of these fields out here in the Midwest. And, and, and it's just in the middle of the field. There's, there's no irrigation. There's nothing around. And you have a few choices to, to irrigate it so that it will grow. The plants are good. The soil's good. Uh, you can do it with a well uh, that you rope in the bucket and you get the bucket and put it in something else. And bring it to it. That takes a lot of labor. Uh, back in the day that she wrote this, there was like the water wheel and then the bucket. And you could take two buckets and walk it there again. A lot of labor. Um, and then lastly, uh, you could maybe direct, redirect a stream or, um, or a river kind of that way. Again, a lot of labor. In these days, we could dig ditches and uh, lay pipe down and those things. But again, a lot of labor. And then the last choice is that a heavy rain would fall. And the rain would water the garden. And that's how it would grow. That's how it would work. And so plant your garden and then come to God. And that's when we thirst after him, when we come to him, when we plant the garden, that's what he does. He brings a rain. Like the psalmist, invite others into God's story. That's another way that we thirst after God. See. If the psalmist hadn't shared this with us, we wouldn't have some of the language that we need right now. If he hadn't shared his story of isolation and how God met him there, we wouldn't have this story. And so as God's meeting you, as you're seeking after him during this time, as, as you're repenting of sin and, and, and 
moving away from the things that don't satisfy and the things that really kind of just take away from your soul and who you are. Um, share that story with people and how God's meeting you and caring for you. And then the last thing is, is you know, right, there's the stay thirsty, my friends. You know, you see that all around. But no joke, stay thirsty. Stay thirsty and be filled with the Spirit. Uh, Jesus in the New Testament, uh, he said something during the Feast of Tabernacles. It's recorded in the seventh chapter of John, verse 37 and 38. And it was on the last and greatest day of the feast. And on the last day of the feast, uh, the, the, the whole feast was about how God's presence came and he camped amongst the people of Israel when they were in the wilderness. And so the whole celebration had to do with God's presence. And so Jesus, in the midst of this great celebration, religious celebration about God's presence, God himself comes and stands up in the midst. And the last day of this, of this festival, they would be, uh, there's just buckets and buckets of water. Uh, the whole thing is about water, just, just being doused into these fountains and, and, and just water is thrown out around everywhere. I mean, it's thrown around like we're using hand sanitizer these days. Just, just it's everywhere, just getting on everything. So Jesus stands up in the midst of the crowd and he says this. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Now, what an amazing thing. If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me. And rivers of living water will open up. And so Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Um, he was speaking of God himself actually being opened up like a spring within people. What's always really thrown me off with this passage is it then moves on, John writes, to the place that it just says that they discussed what he said. And I think that now is maybe not a time of discussing. I don't know that it was then. But it doesn't say that anybody rushed to Jesus and said, hey, I want this water. I'm thirsty. I want this life. Will you give it to me? It just says that they discussed it. And so now is a time that we need to be thirsty and ask God for that. And so he's speaking of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so you can do that right now. You can, you can ask him to be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit. And this isn't just a one-time thing, but it's something that we can be filled over and over and over again. And it's this constant filling. It's this constant um, meeting of our thirst. And so ask him right now. Let's do that. Just right, we're right here. You just may ask and, and just pray that prayer in your heart. Just say, just say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. May rivers of living water open up within me. Fill me with real life. I'm tired of the things that don't satisfy. I want you. And then as, and as we pray today, I want to give an opportunity as we close. If you've never received the gift of eternal life from God, if you're watching or listening and you're saying, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning some things about God here and I'm learning how he is seeking after me. I'm learning about his great love. I'm learning how his, about his care, about how he actually takes up residences with me. That's wonderful. But you've never received that life. And, 
It's called eternal life, not just because of the length, but also of the quality. And that starts now, that your life can be transformed now by him. In Isaiah 45, verse 22, it says, Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. So if that's you today and you're saying, yeah, I want God. I want to be washed clean. I want to be new. I want to know him. I, I want to give my life back to him if, if, if you've walked away from him uh, or if you've never surrendered your life. Let's pray this prayer. Uh, we're not all together. Usually when we're together, we say pray in the quietness of your heart. But hey, wherever you are today, pray it out loud. Pray it, pray it, uh, pray it boldly. So here's the prayer. There's not magic in the prayer. It's the intent of your heart, again, deep in you, calling out to the deep part of God. So pray this with me. Lord, come into my life. I'm in need of a Savior. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me and make me new. I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. So now fill me with new life by your Holy Spirit. I now make you Savior and Lord of my life. God, we are just so grateful for your nearness during this time. We're so grateful for your presence. We're so grateful for your care. And we come together like millions upon millions of others crying out to you during this time. We ask that you would stop this virus, that you'd shrink it and that it would go away. We ask there to be healing and no more death. We ask that you'd care for those that have lost their jobs or are struggling or fear of losing their jobs in the midst of the economy. We pray for those that feel isolated and distant struggling with some of the things that the psalmist did. We ask right now that you would come, Holy Spirit, into their hearts and that they would know that you're near and they would know that you care. God, we surrender ourselves to you. Make us a people that are thirsty after you and transform our lives, God. Amen. So, if you prayed that prayer to receive Christ today, um, I want to ask that you, you let us know. Um, you can send an email. You can contact us. Um, you can, I, there even may be something on the screen there that you can press that. But please let us know. And hey, we'll see you next week. Look for more information about the things that we're doing. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.